You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. If you were sick and you needed help, you would jump in your car and go where? To the hospital, right? You'd go. You, that, that's a very easy thing. But I'm going to show you a hard thing that people had to do in order for this miracle to take place. So y'all with me? Here we go. Mark chapter 2. I think they're going to put the scripture on the big screen there. And I'm going to read a little bit, but then I'm going to talk a little bit, and then we'll wrap it all up. Is that okay? Mark chapter 2. And again, he entered Capernaum, meaning Jesus, after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Everybody say, he was in the house. I love the interaction here. He was in the house. So they heard he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. This is a packed house, all because Jesus is in the house. Everybody heard that he's in the house, so they want to come in there. So at the packed house, no longer room to receive them, not even at the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him. Everybody say they. they. Say it like you mean it. They. they. Now, if you got your Bibles, you want to circle that or highlight that word they. They. They came to him. Okay. And when they could not. No. Wait a minute. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic man who was carried by four men. Then they came to him. I'm going to read it again. Bringing the paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they, everybody say they, They. could not come near him because of the crowd, they, everybody say they, They. you're like, wow, he's kind of asphyxiated with this word they. Well, I'm going to bring it all together. They uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Now. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven, you. And some of the scribes, one, one translation says, some of the religious leaders were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemy, blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus with themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Verse 12, immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. How many think that's a pretty cool story there? That's a pretty cool story in the Bible that happened, that took place. Now, let me, let me dive into it just a little bit deeper. I want to go back because I use the word they a lot. And it says that four men, they brought 
a paralytic man to Jesus. These are four men. Now, it doesn't even record the names of these people. It just says four men. They. Four men saw somebody in need. Have you ever saw somebody in need? Have you ever... Guess what, guys? Every single day, we, we rub shoulders. We bump into somebody that's got a huge need going on. Or you may have a friend or a family member or, or somebody at work. Anybody got a coworker that has a huge need going on? These four men saw this paralytic, and they decided, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do the easy thing. We're going to pick him up. We're going to bring him to Jesus. Like, the easy thing, let's, let's take him to a place that can help. Okay. But when they get there, that's when the inconvenience begins to take place. And that's where we've got to push through and stay committed. Because they, they could have left him at the door, right? Oh, man, it's too crowded in there. Anybody ever been to a restaurant? If you ever hang out with me, we go to a restaurant, and I see it's crowded. What's the first thing I want to know? How long is the, the wait? We know. We give it about, what, about 25 minutes. We can, we can, sometimes we can hang with that, but... But anything beyond that, it's like it's, I mean, you go the other, to another, you go down the street. You're like, oh, yeah, ain't no food that good that I got to wait an hour for, <laughs> you know, and because you get impatient. But they could have been like, oh, man, that's crowded. They could have left him there and just prayed for him that somebody finds him and gets him close to Jesus. Because isn't that how we do it sometimes? I'll be praying for you. And we walk away and we really don't even pray for that person at all. We forget. It's the Christian cliche. But this is where we got to be committed beyond convenience. Because we, we do get in some places where, where God nudges us to do something, but we count the cost. We know it's going to take up our time, our energy. Come on. We, we've all been there. And this is where we got to push ourselves. These four men, they, they come up against some resistance. Okay, the house is crowded. We can't even get in the door, Rick. We can't even. But we, we got this paralytic man. And it says after that, it says when that happened, when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. So these were some men that they were so committed, they're like, hey, we're going to climb up on top of the roof. We started this process, we got to finish it. We're going to climb up on top of the roof. We're going to tear a hole in the roof. Now, can I, can I really fast forward that to today? I mean, it's climbing up on top of the roof, hoping you got somebody with you who knows how to work some power tools, right? Not kill everybody while trying to work them, but you hoping somebody's got a skill saw, something that can cut a hole in the roof, easily remove it. Then we got to tie him together somehow and lower him down. I mean, that plan went from an easy route to we've got to have some strategy here. We got to figure this out. We got to be safe. How I many know OSHA was there watching? How, whole, how big is the hole? Where's your working permit? Are you a skilled carpenter? Are you licensed? Cut a hole in the roof and then got to figure out how not to hurt anybody. Because you could have some people up in there get hurt. They want to sue you. So I got to lower him down. Four men lowered him down. Now, I love this because the Bible doesn't even record their name. 
You would have thought if these four men did this, come on, we're human. When we go the extra mile, how many know you want at least somebody to acknowledge you? Don't look at me like you, you, you don't do that. You can, when you do something good at work, you want to be acknowledged. When you put in some extra time and you, you, you did something and you knocked it out of the park, you want to at least be acknowledged. Just say my name. Just say thank you. These four men <laughs> cut a hole in the roof, lowered him down, and the Bible doesn't even record their name. It just says they. That's all it says. <laughs> just lumped them. They. They. And those four men had names, but the Bible doesn't even. And I think God is teaching us. A lesson. It's not even about us. It's not even about us getting recognition. Amen. Because if we were to get recognition, then it takes away from God. And then, and then we would take ownership of the miracle. Well, he wouldn't have even be healed if I didn't go the extra mile by climbing up on the roof, lowering him down there. He'd still be paralyzed if it wasn't for me. I mean, no, that's not the attitude God wants us to walk in. But when I look at these men, I, 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 I perceive them as servants of God. Christ followers, that it didn't matter to them about getting credit or anything. They were just committed beyond the inconvenience to get this man. Where'd they find the man? We don't know. We don't know if they were friends. We don't know if they just bumped into him on the road. How I many know every day? You can, you, we probably pass people every day that are in desperate need of Jesus. I'm just being real. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could be that, that nameless servant to do something to get them in the house where Jesus is, to get them a little bit closer to Jesus? That may inconvenience us. It may cause us to go to our way sometimes. Because guess what? They brought him to the house, but they couldn't get him in the house. And I really think sometimes we think, if I can just get somebody to the church, I've done my part. Uh-oh, now I'm really finna get real with y'all. We think, if I, can just, if I can just invite a friend to church, I've done my part. Jesus, it's all up to you. I mean, no, that's easy. But what's an inconvenience, can maybe I got to invite that coworker that I don't like? Maybe I got to invite them out to lunch. You want to win people to Jesus? It's not so much as you inviting them to church, but it's you inviting them to be a part of your world. Oh, God, I, don't even, I, I can't even look at that person for five minutes without getting upset. I mean, no, that could be a person that's paralyzed in their life that God is calling you to push beyond your inconvenience. They cost you a few extra bucks. They cost you time to spend some time inviting that person into your world, into your space. These four men were committed. Let's go back to them. They were committed. They broke through. They let the bed down on which the paralytic was laying. Now, I love this. It says, when Jesus saw their faith. Everybody say, their faith. Say it again. Their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, 
Then he said to the man that was paralyzed, son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, Jesus, there's a lot of lessons going on in this story. I don't have time to get into all of them, but he saw their faith, Lisa. He didn't see, he didn't look at the paralyzed man and saw his faith. I mean, no, he's, he's just hoping they don't drop him. He's probably thinking, I don't know how I could get any worse than I am right now, but please don't drop me. But these, these four men, who the Bible just refers to them as they, Jesus said, the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, their faith, they were so committed to seeing this man healed. They were so committed beyond the inconvenience that it brought into their life. You ever want to know or get, a, get an indication on what God wants you to do? Go do the thing that inconveniences you the most. I guarantee you, you will be close to being on track with whatever it is. Step outside of your comfort zone. Jesus saw their faith. They had faith. Not, not faith for themselves, but faith that what we're doing, we're committed to seeing this man, whether he's a friend, whoever he is, we're just committed to seeing him whole again. We're committed to seeing him get up out of this bed. We're committed to seeing him live a life that is beyond what he's living right now. And I would ask you today, is there anybody in your space, in your world, in your, in your neighborhood, your community, your workspace, that, that you, would, you would go to God, God, give me that type of commitment for this person. They may not be paralyzed, lying in a bed, but how many know there's a lot of people that are stuck in their past, stuck in their situation, stuck uh, because they may not even feel like they're good enough to come to God. A lot of people that could be stuck in religion, a lot of people that could be stuck by being burned by a church. And they're stuck. And we gotta, we gotta use these men as an example and do whatever we have to do. These men had a tenacity climb up on a roof and to I didn't even talk about the pulley system that they had to construct to get this man up on the rooftop so committed which is really something for you and I to challenge ourselves today how committed are we beyond just the easy route beyond just the, hey you need to get to church What if that person never makes it to church? Can we still reach them? What do we got to do? What if they looked at the paralytic man? Hey, you need to, we heard Jesus is down the street. You do whatever you can do to get there. I'll be praying for you. But do whatever you can do. If I were you, I would get down there. Come on, we got we 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 to be committed beyond the inconvenience that it would bring into our lives. So once again, it says when Jesus saw the... Is this helping anybody? It's helping me. Give me a hand clap to encourage me. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to ask for about two or three more, but then we'll... Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Now then he addresses the, the religious leaders because they, they're stuck. They're not even... They're not even wowed at the fact that these four men tore a hole in the rooftop. They're there just to keep 
a religious order. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you. So these religious people are hung up on the fact, who does he think he is? Only God can forgive sins. Now, Jesus is so cool. He is so cool in, in his response. And he sits there and says, which is easier to say? Which one is easier? He's asked these guys, which one is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you or rise up, take up your bed and walk? Now, I don't know about you, but I would have been like, well, your sins are forgiven you. Because the other one, I mean, no, that's the hard one. And Jesus is like, I'm not choosing the easy route here. <laughs> he's letting them know that he's the son of God. The sins are forgiven. But he goes, now I'm going to choose the hard one so you'll know that I do have power to forgive sins as well. Because it would have been easier just to say, hey, your sins are forgiven you. But Jesus picks that hard one to say, hey, you know what? Pick up your bed. Rise up and walk. And when the man did that, not because of the man's faith, but it was the faith of those four men. They. Who are they? I'm going to leave us with this question today. Who are they that would go the extra mile? Who are they? The Bible never mentions their name. But these men made such an impact on a person's life. There's not a miracle in the Bible that is even recorded that comes close to people going that extra mile. Because we can read that and just think, oh yeah, they just went and tore a hole in the roof and lowered them down and boom. No. These are people that did not give up. They had faith for a friend. They had faith for another human being. How many know there's a lot of people in this world today that their faith has been knocked down? See, this is where we have to have faith for other people. And the way we have faith for other people, we've got to be committed beyond the inconvenience. Yes, when you walk after Christ, uh, my daughter read the, the scriptures earlier. And uh, when Jesus said, hey, one guy said, hey, you know, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever, wherever you go. Jesus like, hey, animals got, got beds. I don't even have a place to lay my head. What's he saying? Hey, this is a hard road. It's not an easy lifestyle. I think, I think if we're not careful, or this is for you and I, don't let anybody paint a picture to you that following Christ is an easy lifestyle. It's not. Jesus sit there and said it. Hey, I don't have a place to even lay my head. I don't, and, and here we are stuck with mortgage payments. <laughs> Jesus said, I don't even have a place to call my own. Are you sure you want to follow me? One guy like, yeah, I'll follow you, but let me first go and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus is like, hey, he who puts his hands to the plow, once you start this process, you can't be looking back. You got to stay committed. Now, just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's not enjoyable. I mean, when you follow Christ and you do the hard work and you put in the heart 
time and effort and energy. I tell you what, they, those four men, when they saw that paralytic man get up, I mean, no, they were rejoicing. They were pretty darn excited about it. That's when I would have been like, to myself, I wouldn't have said it out loud, but I'd been like, yeah, that's, that's me. I did that. I did that. Because Jesus looked at them and saw their faith. Then he looked at the man. And I'm here to say this today, guys, as we continue to stay committed to following after Christ, walking after him, when things are tough or when things are not tough and things are easy, let's stay committed to following him and listening to his direction for our lives. I believe he's calling a bunch of us to be they, to be a they. Not so much to say, hey, look what I'm doing here. Look, it's all me. No, but to be a they, somebody who will look at somebody and God gives an instruction to, to stay committed to that person, to follow them through introduce them to Jesus, whatever that takes, we've got to be committed to it. It's an inconvenience. But guess what? It's rewarding as well. Amen? Did this help anybody today? Okay. I didn't even say give me a hand clap. But you guys are learning. Yes, you're learning. I'm going to close with this. This is my first closing. My daughter told me, she asked me, how many closings are you giving today, Dad? <laughs> This is my first closing. It may be my only one, but stand, stand to your feet. We're going to get ready to close. I'm going to invite the band to come back. But I want you to think about this. And I, I want to get real personal with you guys today. Even, even as, as I was driving in today, and uh, there's some new people here today, so uh, we've been pastoring this church for about, what, five months? Five months as the, as the new lead pastors, five months, stepping in and uh, been in ministry for a long time, and, but just five months ago, this opened up and uh, the former lead pastor was transitioning and, and we got into conversation and, and it, was, it was funny because, I mean, when God, when God does something or has an answer for you, it's nev it never mat matches what you would have chosen. Does that make sense? Because we would choose the easy thing, right? We would, because that's our human nature. And so me being in ministry for over 20 years, and then I, I um, started my own speaking business and did that. And, but we always knew that, that ministry was my first calling, and I knew God was going to do something to where one day I would be leading a church. Does that make sense? And so, you know, you kind of envision what would that look like? You just do. And previous churches that I've, I've been at or pastored at or been on staff there, and like, okay, God, you going to give me one of those buildings? It's going to be like that or whatever. And all of a sudden, when this came available, it was like the first thing is like, okay, this is not what I would have chosen. But understanding, as I drove 30 minutes to get here, understanding God his blessing is in that inconvenience. Waking up at 5.30 in the morning and, and loading, loading equipment in here that does not work when we get here. <laughs> it all looks good, but it did not work when we got here. And you thought, Lord, that is a, that is a, 
That's an illustrated sermon for this morning from start to finish. But I'm so excited as I was driving in here thinking, passing about 20 churches on the way. <laughs> it's like, okay, God, I get it. I get, the blessing is in the inconvenience. Because I said a long time ago, God, I will follow you wherever you lead me. And as I step into here, and I'm so excited because I believe as God sees not just me, but all of us in your, whatever it is God's got going on in your world, but when you're stepping through and pushing through the inconvenience, that's where the power is. That's where the breakthrough is. That's where the good stuff is. Because if it was easy, anybody could do it. And these four men, the Bible never says how much, how, how big the guy was. What if he weighed 400 pounds? See, we don't think about stuff like that. What, what if it took everything they had, Steve, to carry this guy? What if they had to stop and take a water break here and there? What if they were exhausted? but they still kept pushing through. They get to the house. Oh, it's full. We get to the house. The sound system doesn't work. Rick, he's the coolest guy on the planet. He is. Rick pulled up a chair. He sat down, had his bass here. He said, you know what? I just, he said, yeah, that's what he said. He said, man, I've done more with less. He said, I got a feeling when this thing happens, we're going to roll with it, and it's going to be awesome. Pushing through that. And I hope you walk out of here today recognizing when you step into a God moment of inconvenience, what are you going to do? What are you, are you going to stop? Are you going to stop at the door? There's no more room. Well, you're on your own there. I've done my good part. I've got you as close as I can. Now I'm done. Let somebody else worry about you. Whoo. Whoo. Or if you're going to have that tenacity to push through the inconvenience. to help get somebody closer to Jesus. I believe he's calling all of us. When we talk about being a Christ follower, I believe that's a path for each individual to really seek the face of God. God, what do you want me to do? If I were you, I'd be asking him when I leave this place today, God, what do you want me to do this week? and recognize moments of inconvenience. Recognize those moments of inconvenience and then push through them. Amen? Just push through them. Push through them. Okay, my second closing. And, and I will be done. I will be done. But here at Bridges Nashville, guys, we're pushing through. We're just, we're just pushing through. We're, we're just on assignment, hearing from God 
and then pushing through. And when you push through the inconvenience, Karen, it's not really an inconvenience anymore. It becomes a lifestyle. It becomes a, oh, I've been there before. I got that. Oh, I know how to do I, I got that. This may be an inconvenience to, to the old me, but not the new me. I'm following Christ. It's not an inconvenience anymore. It's a lifestyle. Because I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christ follower. Got to push through. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.